Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'm glad you're here tonight. These are probably some of the most important teachings that we can ever hear. And the reason being is that the Holy Spirit is the agent of the kingdom of God who is on the earth now. Most Christians don't, don't understand this, or even if they've heard it, they're not, they're not really walking in an awareness of the fact that you and I, in order for us to really operate successfully in the kingdom of God, we've got to be able to listen to the voice of the one who's in charge of the kingdom of God here on the earth. Okay? And you might have heard me say this before, and you know, we'll get into this a little bit more. But as Christians, we're, we're taught from the very first time we hear a scripture that we're, we're to keep our eyes on Jesus. And we are, right? Jesus is important? Yeah, you're looking at me like you're setting me up for something. Is Jesus important? Yes. But where's Jesus right now? In heaven. Who's here on the earth? The Holy Spirit. Who's communicating to us here on the earth? What's going on in heaven? The Holy Spirit. So if you don't know his voice, if, you're, if you haven't taken any time to develop a relationship with him, then basically you're walking around without instruction. You're walking around bumping into things rather than flowing with God and, and accomplishing things. You're not really functioning in the fullness of what God has meant for you. Amen? Now, some of you in the back are going to have a neck ache. Uh, because you're going like this, and I know I'm not that tall, and I'm down on the floor tonight, but, but if you please, if you guys in the back would please move up to the front, it'll be easier for you, it'll be easier for me. Please, there's plenty of seats up here. Come and move up front. I promise you, uh, I won't spit on you. These people up here have got to be concerned. So, yeah, come on up, come on up, come on up. There's something about when you can make contact with the person that's speaking. It's something about, and honestly, I'll even say it this way. The anointing operates like electricity. I don't know if people realize that. So what's the anointing? The anointing is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I learned this trick years and years and years ago when I was a teenager. My parents bought me a stereo. How do you remember those things? I actually had a record player. and Young people going, record? What's a record? Uh, and and I, what I thought I would do was like if I got a bunch of wire and spliced the speakers that I could put them outside on the patio when the actual whole rest of the works was inside. You know what I found out? The more wire you put between the originator of the sound and the speaker, the less you hear. The anointing works very much that way. It works like electricity. So, so the more that you're in contact with her, the closer you are as far as that goes. Say, well, what are you, the only anointed one in here? Absolutely not. Of course not. But I'm the one that God has, has given the opportunity to speak tonight. Are you listening? So I, if I were you, which I have done in my past, I would always make it a habit to sit as close to the front as possible. Two reasons. Number one, for what I just told you. Number two, it's more distracting back there. The further back you are, the more chance you have of being distracted. Somebody's going to go to the bathroom 16 times. Uh, somebody's going to cough 20 times. Somebody's kid's going to act up. So, so make it a habit. Sit the closest to the front as possible. In fact, sometimes over the years, you've heard me say, it might have been you. Uh, excuse me, come and sit over here. Why don't you come and sit up front here? 
Well, especially if I know that it's a teaching that somebody needs. And listen to me, this teaching we need. Because, listen, I don't know about you, but we're all about the lost. Okay? Thank God that he sent somebody out there on my behalf to come after me. Otherwise, I would have been in a grave a long time ago and been in hell a long time ago. Okay? We need to be about the lost. But listen, the lost need you and I to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You listening? There was a woman 35 years ago, 35, yeah, about 35 in a couple of months, that heard from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, you need to go to such and such a business in Bricktown and go talk to this guy there named Joe Source. Now, the Holy Spirit knew that Joe Source was two weeks away from suicide at that point. This woman couldn't have possibly known. My wife didn't know. My family didn't know. I knew because I started writing the plan down. This is what I'm going to do. This is the instructions for my wife. This is what you're to do with the business. This is what you're to do with our property. All this other stuff. Two weeks. If she had not obeyed the voice of the Holy Spirit and come, and sp- and come to speak to me and impact my heart with the truth of the gospel, that plan would have been fulfilled. But God's plan would have remained unfulfilled. Are you listening to me? So listen. Um, We've got a few more weeks of this teaching. Now, what I'm going to teach you tonight is extremely practical, all right? Because listen to me. I believe that any teaching from the Word of God, if it's not practical, it's not inspired by the Holy Spirit. Some people think the more spooky and the more mysterious and the more flaky that a message is, the more that it's inspired by God. I don't see that in the Word. I see practical. Jesus always taught practical. Jesus always taught things that you could walk away from his meetings and go and apply it immediately. You didn't have to wait till you, you went to Bible school or did this or hung out with these and went to this group or that group. The other. You could go immediately and apply it to your life. How many of you like practical? I don't, I don't like stuff that's not practical. I don't like stuff that's, I don't like complicated. I don't like involved. I don't like intricate. Plain, simple. What do you want me to do? When? Now? Okay, let's do it. All right? Now, I specifically chose this time of the year to teach on the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, it's Easter time. You should be teaching on Easter. Yeah, we're teaching on the resurrection. We have been. We'll continue this weekend. We'll continue the weekend after that. Okay, but listen to me. The resurrection and, and the Holy Spirit are directly connected. And most people don't realize that. Most people say, well, the resurrection, one thing, and then the Holy Spirit shows up 50 days later on the earth. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit could not show up on the day of Pentecost if the resurrection had not happened. I'm going to show it to you in the scriptures. You need to understand that the the doctrine or the teaching of the Holy Spirit is directly tied to the resurrection because the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself said, could not come until he was glorified. Are you listening? So, this is Wednesday night. Tomorrow night is Thursday night, right? In the traditional church world, tomorrow night is Holy Thursday. Holy Thursday is a commemoration of what? The Last Supper. Now, do you realize that at the Last Supper, and if you've been a member of this church for any length of time, you've heard me tell this about 7,000 times, uh, the, the Last Supper is extremely important for this reason. Jesus took the majority of the time at the Last Supper to teach his disciples about the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's who's next to show up on the scene. As soon as Jesus dies on the cross, he goes into hell, pays for our sins, comes up, is resurrected, 
uh, 10, uh, 40 days later, ascends into heaven back to where he came from. You following me? And then 10 days after that event, the Holy Spirit comes to the earth. So Jesus, and, and, and I invite you to please, some of the most important reading you're ever going to do is in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, even to chapter 17. The predominant message is about the Holy Spirit and love. Are you catching this? Almost everything. In fact, I really can't think of any other teaching outside of those chapters that Jesus did that's recorded for us in the Gospels about the Holy Spirit. Everything we know about the Holy Spirit from the lips of Jesus, he taught at the Last Supper. Can you imagine that? Could you imagine that? Say, well, why is that, Pastor? Well, I have a theory I believe is pretty accurate. If you know you're going to die tomorrow and you want to equip the people that you love that are going to be behind, you want, you're not going to waste time that night talking about the news and talking about this thing and the latest video you saw on Facebook. You're going to teach the people that you love and give them the equipment that they need so that they would not just survive your loss, but they would thrive and they would be able to take what you started on the earth and finish it. And so that's why I'm telling you, you can't separate the cross from the Holy Spirit. You can't separate the resurrection from the Holy Spirit. They are directly tied. And before the end of the night tonight, I'm believing God that I'll be able to show you the very first time that connection was made back in the Old Testament. It's amazing, okay? So Jesus spent that time at the, at that night at the Last Supper talking about the Holy Spirit. He introduced him as the helper. And I'm just going to go through a portion of scriptures, about four, four different scriptures, starting in John chapter 14. I invite you, please, when you come on Wednesday night, since the emphasis is teaching, please come prepared to learn. So well, what does that mean? I'm here, Pastor. You're here, but you're going to forget an hour from now 90% of what I'm going to talk about. Bring a notebook. Bring a pen. Bring your Bible. If they forget it, or at least get it on your phone. Don't sit there and go, this is nice. No, you need to know that what I'm saying is actually written in the Word. You need to see it for yourself. John chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus speaking. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, number one, he will teach you all things. Want to be a know-it-all? Get to know the Holy Spirit. You'll be a know-it-all in a good sense. Not a know-it-all that nobody wants to be around you. A person who knows what you need to know because the Holy Spirit is your teacher. Amen? Second thing Jesus said, he'll bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Now, I want you to hone in on this because this is the practical part what I'm talking about. If I spend all the time tonight on this, it'll be worth it. Watch. John 15, 26. Again, same theme. But when the helper comes, who I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. So where does the Holy Spirit come from? The Father. Who sends him? Jesus. Okay, see how the Trinity works together here? Okay? Now, what's he going to do? He will testify of me. In other words, he'll always point to Jesus. All miraculous activity will prove who Jesus is. Get this in your heart. The Holy Spirit never points to us. The Holy Spirit never attracts attention to us. The Holy Spirit never works a miracle so that we get the glory. And if you're ever around people like that, get away from them. The Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus. Jesus, you notice this in Jesus' ministry? Jesus always pointed to the Father. Jesus never pointed to himself. 
The Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus. When you got born again, you got born again because the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of you and revealed Jesus to you. He pointed you to Jesus. You come to Jesus, and what's he do? He points you to the Father. And your relationship, and my relationship was with the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you're getting this. Next scripture, John 16, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. So what's another title for the Holy Spirit? The spirit of what? Spirit of truth. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. I I want that. You listen to me? We need that. Because no Christian, not one Christian should ever be taken by surprise of anything that comes to us in life. Why? You got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. How many times has something happened and on the surface it appears like, wow, this came out of left field. But then when you sit back and you start thinking about it, you start, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. A few days ago, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about something like this. Or you might say, wow, last week I had a dream. And in that dream, it was, you see what I'm saying? When you really think back, you realize, whoa, the Holy Spirit was showing me. He was preparing me. Back in September, my mom passed away. Many of you know that. The week before she passed away, I woke up. As soon as I woke up, sat up in bed, I heard this. Get to Florida as soon as possible. Went and told my wife, I said, something's going on. Said the Holy Spirit spoke clear to me this morning. It was on a Tuesday. Get to Florida as soon as you can. That was 6 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I got a phone call. Mom's not doing good. I said, I know, I know. The Lord showed me this morning. I'll get there as soon as I can. Okay. Now, it took me a little bit longer to get there than I expected to. On the way down, we're having breakfast in the morning. I said to my wife, we got to pray. It's time for us to release her. You know, for those of you who didn't know, my mother was bedridden for over two years, you know? And you get to the point where you're like, you know what? It's better off, send them home. You know what I'm saying? She, she knew the Lord. She knew Jesus before I even did. And so we're certain that, you know, she's going to go to heaven, but she's got no quality of life. So what, what am I telling you this for? What, could, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. Now, listen, don't get fooled. You see, because we think it's the Holy Spirit that he's only going to show us good things. No, no, no. He'll show you things to come. Sometimes those things are good. Sometimes those things are not so good. But isn't it, be better, isn't it better for us to be prepared when something that's not good is going to come? Because that doesn't shock you. It doesn't take you by surprise. You go, oh, I knew this already. And you don't say, I knew this already because oh, I knew this already in big shot. No, no, no. You see, when you have a relationship with somebody, it's very natural for them to tell you things. Yes or no? Very natural. And so if you have a relationship with someone, there should be that back and forth. They should, the, the person you're in a relationship should be able to nudge you and go, hey, why don't you get ready because I think this and that. And... Very natural, very practical. So Jesus says he's going to guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So, so when you hear, and many times you say, no, the Lord spoke to me. Well, who is that that's speaking to us? It's the Holy Spirit. You know, I know it could be kind of splitting hairs when it's, well, well, is it God on the throne? Well, it's God, but it's his spirit. But his spirit is down here with us. He's on, on the throne in heaven. Jesus is sitting next to him. But who's running the show on the earth? Holy Spirit. 
You see how important it is for us to learn his voice? Now, now let me give you one, well, because, you know, you know, the enemy has a voice too. The enemy has a voice too, and sometimes it seems like that enemy can speak even louder. But I, throughout the years, have stood on this promise that Jesus spoke himself. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And then later on in that chapter, he said, and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. I can't tell you how many times I've quoted that. If I need an answer from God, I said, Father, I need wisdom from you. And Lord, I, I, I just want to remind myself and remind the enemy that Jesus said, I'm his sheep. That automatically qualifies me to hear his voice. And the voice of the stranger, I'm not going to follow. Too many times we get straight off because of the voice of the enemy. So, now, I want, I want to reinforce what I've just taught here. Because the main theme of tonight, and I guess it's going to be next Wednesday too, is the, the, this one fact. If you do not cooperate with the Holy Spirit, then none of the promises of God can ever manifest here on the earth. I'm going to say that to you again. You and I must learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit or the will of God will never be done on the earth. God is not going to bypass you. Now, let's talk about the subject of prayer. Okay, prayer is important, yes? Is prayer extremely important? Yeah. Why? Why? Do we change God when we pray? Absolutely not. What changes, or I should say it this way, who changes when we pray? We do. And circumstances can change. Now, the main focus of prayer, maybe if we understand this, we'd be a little bit more serious about it. The main focus of prayer, the main purpose of prayer is this. God is spirit, yes? yes? We know that, right? Jesus said it. The Bible attests to that fact. He, he has a presence, but his presence is spirit, and he sits on the throne in glory in heaven, yes? yes? Okay. On the earth, there was a time when God walked the earth in the form of Jesus, right? And you notice when Jesus spoke, things happened, right? He calmed the storms. He cast out demons. He healed people with the word, yes? But now when Jesus left the earth, did that voice cease? Of course not. Who now has the opportunity to speak the will and the word of God into the earth? Through who? Now let me tell you, he's the holy what? Think about what you just said. He's the holy what? Spirit. Spirit. Does he have form? He's tangible. We know when he is and we know when he ain't, but you can't grab him. Why? He does not have a physical form. Therefore, if he does not have a physical form, now I know this might sound basic, but let's just start building blocks, okay? If he doesn't have a physical form, then he doesn't have a physical mouth. So who is his mouthpiece on the earth? So if God needs certain things to be spoken into the earth, who's going to have to do it? Are you catching this? This is the privilege and the honor that we have in the earth. That we get to stop some things that the enemy wants to do. We get to promote some things that the Spirit of God wants to do. We get to speak the will of God into the earth. And it is the Word of God that has the power to change things. It is the Word of God that has the power to stop the enemy. You're not going to stop. You're not that, not that much of a big shot. 
you know, you cannot in your own willpower stop the enemy. But using the word of God, we can literally stop the kingdom of darkness from going forward. Now, imagine how dark it would be on this earth if the church ceased cooperating with the Holy Spirit. In other words, if the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, I want you to go to such and such a scripture, and I want you to take that scripture, and I want you to announce it. I want you to proclaim it. I want you to speak it out, because God says, I need the power of that verse to be released into the earth, and he can't do it. Don't look at me like that. He can't do it. That's why he's got you. That's why when you and I got born again, we didn't get zapped and brought to heaven right on the spot. Why? Who's going to speak his will on the earth? Jesus, the first thing he does after he's raised from the dead, he begins to teach them this. And he tells them. He forgives them. He forgives their sins. He he blows on them on Easter Sunday night. (sighs) Receive the Holy Spirit. They receive the Holy Spirit. The disciples get born again. Their spirit comes to life. Just like God did with Adam. Remember, God took dust of the earth and formed it into man. But man wasn't a living spirit until he what? Jesus did the same thing to the disciples on that night when he rose from the dead. And then what did he tell them? Watch this now. Go teach forgiveness. Whosoever sins you forgive or forgiven, whoever sins you retain or retain. So what's the message of the gospel? Is the message of the gospel all this other stuff and this, that, the other? No. What's the message of the gospel? Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Plain and simple. So what did he do? Previously, he was the one that was forgiven sins, right? Yes or no? Let me take a drink of water here. Please think about that for a second. When Jesus walked the earth, what did we constantly hear from his mouth? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. So when Jesus left, who's going to speak forgiveness if he's not here? Why? Because that frees people. Can you imagine if we could get the message out to every, every human being that's on the earth right now? Your sin has already been forgiven. What a change it would make. Do you remember when those, I know I'm off this here, but we got time. I'll spend the rest of this, I'll spend the rest of the spring and the summer teaching on this. Because let me tell you something, okay? The Holy Spirit is the closest person to me in my life. There's not a day that goes by, sometimes not an hour that goes by that I don't speak to him. Why? Because I know without him, nothing gets accomplished. Nothing. I need to hear from him constantly. I need to, before I open my mouth, the answer I need to hear from, especially if I'm talking to my wife. (laughs) I need to hear from him. Are you listening to me? Now watch this now. We're talking about the power of forgiveness, right? Now remember, we're also, the real real goal here tonight is we're, we're just camping out on this topic here, cooperating with the Holy Spirit. So there's a man that's lame. He's paralyzed. He's laying on a bed, on a pallet, on a mattress, on a, on a, on a what do you call that? Uh, a mat, something that they could just bring, a pallet, whatever it is. Four of his friends obviously hear from the Holy Spirit because they heard that Jesus is teaching someplace. It says in the house, but many times when you read that in the gospel, they're really talking about the synagogue. They would refer to the temple as the house, refer to the synagogue as the house. Well, how do we know? Because when they get there, the place is mobbed and packed, and it can't really be somebody's private home. <clears throat> but the point is this. They bring this guy who's paralyzed to the place where Jesus is. Now, that's, that's symbolic of the Holy Spirit right there. 
You see, because the Holy Spirit brought you someplace where Jesus was. And you got born again. And you got rid of your spiritual paralysis. Okay? So they bring this guy, and they can't get in the front door because the place is mobbed. Now, if you've ever seen pictures of the houses in the Middle East, and even till today, you can see they're flat, and then the roofs are made out of thatch. In other words, you take piles, bundles of, of, of straw, you tie them together, and then you stack them real tight one to the other, and then you pack mud on top. So they go up on the roof, they dig up this, this thatch, they start pulling it off the top to open up the roof, and what do they do? They lower this guy on his stretcher so that he falls. He's not falls, but he lands right in front of Jesus. Everybody's there watching. Jesus stops what he's teaching, and he addresses this man. And he tells him, son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, if you and I were there, we probably would have did the same thing the Pharisees did, the religious people did. What is, he's paralyzed. What has it got to do with his sins being forgiven? Did you notice that? Jesus didn't address the paralysis. Jesus addressed the root of all sickness and disease, sin. You catching this? So Jesus says to him, your son, your sins are forgiven, and the religious people went crazy. Who was he? Only God could forgive. Duh. Duh. And so as soon as Jesus speaks that, this man receives power. And then he says to religious people, which is easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or get up, pick up your bed, and, and walk home? So the power of the forgiveness snapped that disease off this man. And he went home forgiven that day and healed. And healed. So, so you see what I'm saying? Pastor, what's it got to do we're talking about? You and I have been given the same power and responsibility. If you're going around just constantly telling people that they're sinners, you are not preaching the gospel. The, you think people, before you got born again, did anybody have to tell you were a sinner? I knew. It was no revelation from God. And I was a good sinner. I had a, I had a PhD in sin. Are you listening to me? You want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Preach the forgiveness of sins. That Jesus came. He sacrificed himself on the cross. He shed his blood so that our sins could be removed from us. In fact, we get a glimpse of it back in the Old Testament before it even happened. The Old Testament says, as far as, our, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he what? Removed. You catching this? So you and I have a responsibility, even, even Brian mentioned, we're called to reach people. That's the ultimate in cooperating with the Holy Spirit. But now watch. Remember this. When you have a promise from Jesus, you don't have to wait for goosebumps. You don't have to wait for six doves to fly over your head. You don't have to wait for everything to line up. Why? You have a promise. Pastor, what are you talking about? Give me some time to un unwrap this thing for you, okay? Jesus promised six things. He'll teach you all things. Yes? Yes? He'll bring all to your remembrance of the things that I've said to you. In other words, Jesus said, whatever I've spoken to you, the Holy Spirit's going to remind you. Now, he's talking to the disciples, but guess what? When you read Jesus speaking in the Gospels, it's the Holy Spirit's responsibility then to remind you of what Jesus said. Yes or no? He said he will testify in me. In other words, everything he does will always point to Jesus. 
Number four, he will guide you into all truth. Guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Like I said before, that's an important one. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. In other words, if there is a program, a project, an event, something that God wants done in heaven, it's the Holy Spirit's responsibility to bring it to you. Give you, for instance, back in 2001, I guess it was. Some of you heard me tell this story before. I'm in this room. Back, back then, this was half of this. I'm, I'm standing over here with two, with two of the young men that were uh, on staff in the church, and we're praying. As we're praying, all of a sudden, I hear on the inside, I want you to go to Seaside. MTV's coming. You remember when MTV was here in the summertime? And I heard on the inside, I want you to go to Seaside. I want you to be there all summer. I want you to set up uh, an outreach there to reach out to the teenagers. The young people are going to come this summer to MTV. Okay. Told the two guys are with me. Boom. Plan falls in. We, now we start praying. We start praying again. Now that we, because well, we got direction, right? What did he do? The Holy Spirit revealed to us what had been, be, what had been being, if I'm saying it that right, wait, the right way, what had already been, been discussed in heaven, that this event had to take place. So now we got direction. So I got direction, but I don't know how. So he's going to show me all truth, right? He's going to lead me in the right path, yes? So now we start praying again, and bam, all of a sudden I see this guy's face, remember his name, I went, oh, we got to go talk to so-and-so. Now that person, so-and-so, his son was part of the youth ministry here at that time. In fact, the Lord had really impacted this young man's life. So I contact the father, said, I need to talk to you. I don't really know what part you're going to play here. But here's what the Lord spoke to us that we're supposed to do in Seaside, on the boardwalk. He said, okay, good. I know this person, I know that person, I know the priest at this church, I know the person at that church. I'm, I got connections with this businessman. On the, one, two, three, bam, everything fell into place. Do you know, we were there for six weeks, 400 young people gave their lives to Christ that summer. Now, no, it was, it was better than that. Watch, watch. What was the better part about that 400 is that 99% of those 400 individuals were foreign nationals that came here to work for the summer. They took the gospel back to their country. I'll never forget, one young lady I got to share Jesus with was from Turkey, Muslim nation. And she grabbed it, man. She, she got it. And man, when she got born again, it was, you could just feel the Holy Spirit just come upon this young lady. And I'm, I'm, when we get to heaven, I'm going to be, I'm going to say, gee, where's those 400? I want to find out what they did when they went back to the Ukraine and who went to Ireland and who went to Poland and who went to Turkey. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Now, I almost want to jump up there because I'm afraid I'm not getting your attention back there. Are you hearing me in the back? Are you catching the significance of this? Now, watch this now. Pastor, what do you mean by the fact that we have a promise from Jesus? How does that distinguish how I cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Let me just give you something. We're going to cover this more in detail, but for the sake of time. Do you remember the time that Jesus was at the pool of Bethesda? And it says that there was a multitude, how many? A multitude of sick people in that place, right? Yes or no? But Jesus was only led to one individual. 
There's no record that he cleaned the whole place out. He goes to one. You remember he said to him, do you want to be healed? He said, every time I try to get to the water, somebody else goes in front of me. You remember that situation? You remember that was the only man that got healed. Are you catching this? Why? We don't know know 100% why, but that's the only person the Holy Spirit led him to. Now, follow me in this line of thinking. If Jesus had tried to heal all these other people that the Holy Spirit did not lead him to, would he have been cooperating with the Holy Spirit? Oh, no. No. Well, what about those other people? We don't know. Maybe he went back another time. We don't know. John says at the end of his gospel that if he was to write everything that Jesus did, that the whole world wouldn't fill up the books. Yes or no? So we know there was more things that Jesus did than are recorded there, right? So we don't know. He could have went back another time and, and healed other people. But my point is this. If Jesus, the Son of God, who operated on the earth as a man filled with the Holy Spirit, had to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, What makes you think that you and I are not supposed to cooperate? Now, let's flip this now. Jesus had to wait for the go to heal that person. But when it comes to the promises that he told us about the Holy Spirit, we don't have to wait. Why? Because the Bible tells us that all the promises of God in Christ are what? Yes and amen. In other words, any promise that God has made Any promise that Jesus has given us is already stamped yes. If you were here this weekend, you heard Pastor Matt bring that message about how when Jesus said it is finished on the cross, really, really, if we were there, we would have heard the language of the retail business. It is paid for. It is fulfilled. It's stamped paid. So now, Pastor, I don't understand. What's your connection here? Here's my connection. Let's say I need an answer on how to do something. Well, Jesus already told me he's going to lead me into all truth. He's going to show me. Let's say I need to know, Father, uh, you're showing me to move in this direction, move in that direction, move in the other direction. I need to hear from you what's going to be the outcome of this. Because some of you could say, well, how dare you? Well, excuse me. Jesus said to me that the Holy Spirit will do what? Show me what things to come. You're not getting this. I can tell from the look on your faces. If he's given me this promise already that the Holy Spirit will show me things to come, then I don't have to wait here, sing 16 songs, pray in tongues for 10 hours to see, uh, am I going to get something? No, Jesus already said, this is what he will do in your life. So what is my position then? Father, in the name of Jesus... Jesus himself said that the Holy Spirit will show me things to come. Father, I need to know what's going to happen on Friday. I need to know what's going to happen with this court case. I need to know how is this investment going to work out. I need to know how is this relationship that my child is getting involved, how is this going to work out? Why? Because he already promised me that the Holy Spirit who lives in me is capable, not only capable of doing this, but will fulfill the promise that Jesus made. When I first got born again, we already had my oldest son. He was three years old. But now my wife, you know, we get pregnant with the next one. And then the next one. And then the next one. (laughs) I had learned this principle by that point. 
So I could go to the father and say, Father, I don't think it's wrong for me to ask, what is this one going to be like? And what characteristics are this, is this one going to have? Why? So that I can be prepared. Not so I can walk around, I knew this. I knew this. I knew. No, so that I can be prepared. You hear what I'm saying? When it was time for this church to start, I spent months and months and months without making a move first. Why? I needed to know the things that were going to come in the future. I, I knew to put a demand on these things, okay? In the ministry, ever since then, since this church has started, okay, I've always asked the Lord, Father, number one, thank you that you've always protected this ministry, and he always has, always and always will, always protected this ministry. Lord, I, I need to be like the watchman, Father, who you said in your words sees trouble from afar, Okay? Why? Now, what am I standing on? I'm standing on that promise, but I'm standing on the fulfillment of that promise. See, that promise is Old Testament, but this promise is New Testament. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. I want you to almost like a homework assignment. For this next week, between now and next Wednesday, I want you to put a demand on that. Not so that you can show off and make believe you have a crystal ball. You know, because an evil spirit will come alongside you and give you things and you'll find yourself in worse shape than you were before. I'm talking about a practical promise from the word of God. Why? Do you realize that every day we need wisdom? Is there anybody in this room right now, raise your hand, that does not need wisdom? I saw that, Tony. (laughs) Would you agree that every day of our lives, multiple times per day, we're going to be faced with things we don't know what to do about? I don't let it shake me anymore. Why? I got the Holy Spirit living inside me. Guess what? Well, you're the pastor. No, no. I had the Holy Spirit living inside me way before I was pastor. Are you following me? Now, you mean to tell me you never miss it? Oh, I've missed it big times. But every time I've missed it, it's because I was either too busy to listen to the Holy Ghost, too distracted, or I had my eyes on something that I... that 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 wasn't either yet or wasn't, that wasn't what God really wanted. Are you listening to me? Well, how does that apply to me, Pastor? Are you a father? Do you need wisdom for your children? Yeah. Are you a husband? Are you, are you a human being? Are you a person? Do you have responsibilities to job? Are you a wife? Who, are you a single mom? If you're a single mom, you need to hear from the Holy Ghost. No matter who you are, you need to hear from the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. What about this one? He'll lead you and guide you into all truth. I can't tell you how many heartaches that has saved me. I can't tell. This, I didn't know how much it was operating in because as soon as I got born again, as soon as I got born again, I had all kinds of people. People would come to me and say, people would come to me and say, oh, oh Joe, you got to read this book. And I don't know what it was. I didn't realize it at the time what it was. As soon as I put that book in my hand, something on the inside would go, eh, eh, eh. Let me know what I'm talking about. The Holy Ghost alarm. Eh, 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 eh. I would take it, and I'd put it aside, and that would be the end of it. You got to listen to this program. Got to watch this minister. And I'd start listening, and I'd get the, eh, come on, do it with me. Eh, 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 eh. Now, some people go, well, yeah, yeah, I... 
I just feel bad, you know, because so-and-so told me to watch this, or so-and-so told me to listen, or so-and-so told me that I, I need to read this book. I, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Go ahead, swallow poison. You think everything out there, because it might have a little uh, dove on the book, means that it came from God? Open your eyes. You think everything that has a cross on it came from God? He'll lead you and guide you into all what? Truth. But if you're not listening, and you start swallowing stuff, well, everybody else is reading it. They said, well, so. TV programs. Oh, you got to watch such and such a show. You got to watch this thing. I turn something on, and I start getting it. Eh, 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 eh. Click. Why? Oh, oh, I guess you're not mature enough. Oh, honey. Babies put everything in their mouth. Mm. Told you you're going to learn some things tonight. Babies put every stupid thing in their mouth. Now watch. The only thing that can limit the power of the Holy Spirit in your life is your lack of faith. Well, why do you say that, Pastor? What does faith got to do? Oh, faith's got everything to do with it. Why? You see, because if I don't have any faith in what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, then I can't access the Holy Spirit. See, some of you, when I started talking about these things, well, I don't know about that. Well, guess what? Do it out. Or you have the opportunity to start building faith in that area. If Jesus spoke it, I don't see any place else where Jesus told us anything that was false, did he? Is there any place else that Jesus spoke anything to us that wasn't true? No. So then why would I, why would I even suspect that what he said about the Holy Spirit's not true? He said these things very plainly. And it's not even so much what he said, it's when he said it. He expected the disciples to believe in why. He doesn't have weeks to explain these things to them. Why? He's going to the cross in 12 hours. Are you catching this? So he expected them to grab a hold of this thing. You and I need to grab a hold of it. Why? Because this is extremely helpful in every facet of life. You hang around here when we're, we're, we're at work here on staff in the ministry. Multiple times a day, we get faced with stuff like, what should we do with this? How do we handle this? What direction should we go in? If it wasn't for the active ministry of the Holy Spirit, I, can't even, I don't even want to think about where this ministry would be. I don't want to think about where certain people's lives would be. Because there's sometimes we literally have to go to the Holy Ghost and say, I don't even know what to do with this. How do we handle this situation? How do we help this person? What action needs to be taken? What prayer, what kind of prayer do we need to pray for this individual? You see what I'm saying? Uh, from the first moment that I remember the Lord showing me that I was going to pastor, I remember praying this prayer and prayed it multiple times. Father, I do not want to pastor a church from a book. I don't want to pastor a church from just everybody else's experience. I want to pastor supernaturally. Are you listening to me? 
I'm his sheep. I hear his voice. And the voice, come on. And the voice of a stranger, I'm not going to follow. I'm not, I'm not going to follow. Why? Because something on the inside is going to tell me, no, no, no. That's not your father speaking. You listening to me? Now, if you have any area of responsibility in life, you need to understand that the Holy Spirit is very willing and very able to help you. If you are born again, he lives in you. Your spirit is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. He came in and brought life into you, spiritual life into you when you received Christ. He's there. The wisdom of God. The one who spoke into, the one who, when God spoke into the chaos, the one who was hovering over the chaos that brought order was the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is living inside you. Now, if you sit there, I don't know about this stuff. I I never learned this kind of stuff. You think you're going to hear from him? You're boxing yourself in. You're already, you're already crippling your ability to hear because you are setting up a belief system. Nah, I don't believe this stuff. It's never happened to me. Oh, because it's never happened to you. That means the rest of us are going to miss out. You box yourself in. That's why it's so important to be so aware of what you're listening to. And there's so many people that have sat under wrong teaching for years. You've got to let the truth of the word filter that junk out of you. Otherwise, it's always going to block you. So, well, what do you need faith for? I need faith because I need to trust that what Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is capable of. My confession is this. I'm never taken by surprise. Why? Because I got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. If I listen to him, he'll always show me things to come. He'll always remind me of the things that Jesus spoke. You take and do what you want with it. But I know it's worked for me for 35 years. I'll be sudden. Now, before we had computers, now it's easy. You don't even have to hear from the Holy Ghost anymore when it comes to some of this stuff. We got computers. But back in the olden days, I would sit there and try to put my messages together, and I'd sit there with my big yellow legal pads, which I still use, but I don't use them for that, though. And I'd have a pen in hand. I'd be sitting there going, now, Lord, I know there's a scripture that says such and such, but I can't remember where it is. And so either you had to go through it, Bible, and just go, now you go Google, just tell me where it is. But back in the olden days, I can't tell you how many times I'd sit there and go, Father, I know there's a scripture, and I'd hear, Mark 11, 23. Sure enough, you go open it up, and Mark 11, there it is. Or whatever, some other verse of scripture. Why? Because, and, and I would be mindful of on the inside, look, Father, I have the right to ask this of you. Why? Because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit's going to remind me the things that he spoke to me. Are you catching this? Now, let me ask you this question. How, easier, how much easier would your life be if you became aware of the fact that you've got the spirit of wisdom on the inside of you? Ready for you to tap into. Ready for you to ask what's coming. Ready for you to remind you. Ready for, you, ready for, for him to tell you, this is truth, this is not true. Would your life be easier? Would you be more successful as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend, as a worker? Absolutely. So why would we not want to cooperate with him? Why would we not want to extend our faith to the point, you show me what to do. Holy Spirit, I'm listening to you. I'm attentive to your voice. 
I believe that you can show me. I believe that you can open up my eyes. And you really want to get heavy duty. Go to Paul's prayer to the Ephesians in chapter one. Where he prayed to God, said, Father, I thank you that you would grant unto us the spirit of wisdom. Who's he talking about? The Holy Spirit. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Go look it up. Ephesians chapter one, starting verse 15. That you would grant unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, where? And the knowledge of God. Why? Because that's what we need, right? The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we would know what the hope of his calling is. Too many people forgot it's his calling. It's his calling. You listening? We've got all these precious promises, like Peter said. We've got all these prayers. We've got all these things that Jesus died on the cross so we could say, these belong to me. And we wander around the earth like the Jews wandered in the wilderness. And it shouldn't be this way. Why? You got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You got the Spirit of the living God living inside you. Like the Bible tells us, Paul received this revelation from God that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And you know what he said? And he quickens your, mortals, your mortal bodies. What does that mean, quicken? What's quicken? Quicken. Life comes in, he resurrects us. Same spirit that that went into Jesus' body in that cold tomb. That same Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Amen? Amen. Did you learn anything tonight? You're going to go out here different tonight? I bow your heads. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all that you've shown us tonight. Thank you, Father. I pray, God, that I've been able to make this impact tonight. I pray, God, for impartations of the Holy Spirit. Anointings, Father, would come upon each and every one of us in this place. Father, that we would even see the difference tomorrow morning. We wake up, when we set out to go about our business, Father, that we'll be mindful of the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us, Lord. That we would actually dare to step out in faith and say, Holy Spirit, show me what I'm going to be encountering. Make me aware of what's coming. Prepare me for that which is prepared for me. Father, let me be alert to the spirit of truth. Let me be in remembrance of the things that you've spoken unto me. Thank you. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, Father, teach us how to apply what we've learned tonight on our everyday basis, Lord. We thank you for this, Father. We trust you, God, for all that you've got in store for us in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.